0: Hello, hello. It is great to see you and welcome back to another installment of MSP Success Spotlight. I'm your host and moderator, Ryan Ruff. And as you know, this here is the show where we speak with managed service providers that are rising above the ranks. We're going to talk about some industry insights and we're going to learn you know, some of the, uh, really the secret sauce, what differentiates them from the rest of the pack. And today we are bringing you a great guest that we have on the show today. Today we've got Mr. Dean Laws, the Chief Technological Officer of Argenta. IT. Now Argentum IT and Dean are located and based out of the Louisville, Kentucky area and I got a few more notes that I want to share with you about Dean before we bring him on and get the conversation rolling. So Dean and his company in Argentum it they're focused big time on cybersecurity as well as being compliant. They've got a little bit of a focus also when it comes to just HIPAA as a whole. So we're going to get into that in our conversation. Uh, but additionally, you know, Dean's going to be featured in the fall 2021 edition of MSP Success Magazine for all his work in this space. Dean's also, get this, the co-author of an Amazon number one bestseller on thin ice, so make sure you want to check that out on Amazon after checking out the episode here today. But additionally, Dean going to be featured in an upcoming MSP Cybersecurity magazine. So we've got him in the MSP Success magazine as well as a Cybersecurity magazine. So keep an eye out for that. And then, of course, Dean's going to be following up his conversation today with us as well as his work in this cybersecurity space with another book on cybersecurity coming out later in 2022. And boy, are we excited to see that work from Dean. So, hey, with that, let's go ahead and bring Dean on today to get the conversation rolling and learn a little bit about him and his company. So, Dean, how are you doing today? Thanks for joining us today.
1: Thanks, Ryan. It's good to be here. It's good afternoon. Uh, so
0: I'm doing good. Hey, well, we are happy to have you on the show. And I'm excited to get into you, you and your company because, you guys have a big focus on cybersecurity and being compliant, and we've had similar conversations on this show before, and I'm always fascinated by this idea of being compliant and where it's going in the future. So I want to get down, I want to get there in a little bit, but I think a good place for us to start our conversation today, why don't you take me back to the beginning? You know, where was it along the line that you decided you really wanted to, to get into cybersecurity and IT solutions? You know, What led you into this this field as a whole from the beginning?
1: well what what led me into the field um is basically i was probably 12 13 years old in high school mm-hmm. computers were just becoming a thing um you know basically my parents had a TRS 80 from uh, Tandy Radio Shack and uh-huh. you know basically it was for business and uh, you know i wasn't necessarily allowed to touch it so the TRS 80 was kind of off limits so mm-hmm. i kind of talked my parents into buying me a commodore 64 at the time which was you know the higher end of the commodore series the you know the vic 20 was out the commodore 64 was just coming out and that's where i really kind of got my start um from there you know i became interested in the stuff even that much more i spent to my mom's chagrin uh, a little more time on the computers than probably other things that i should have been doing but overall you know that's where it kind of started and it progressed from there so
0: So in terms of that progression, yeah, walk me through what that looked like, you know, going into high school, you know, the college years, things like that. Where did your first professional experience with IT solutions, cybersecurity? where did that come into play? Um,
1: From a professional aspect, I mean, I actually went, I was fortunate enough to live in uh, a Ohio regional area where they had a joint vocational school between the four counties. So I started out doing data processing and accounting, and from there, it Kind of, you know, I moved on through a data uh, specialist competition. I can't remember exactly what the data processing specialist competition, which is programming, keyboarding, all sorts of, you know, miscellaneous things that, you Mm -hmm. know, they tested you on. I placed second in the region, uh, or excuse me, first in my region, uh, second in the state of Ohio and uh, 17th nationally. Which, you know, for the time, I, I think I did fairly good. I mean, it wasn't as yeah. good as I wanted to do, obviously, but, um, <laughs> you know, I think it was a good run. Uh, from there, I graduated. I actually went into the military uh, with a, into computer operations and also worked on the crypto- cryptography side and the Signal Corps and, but mostly wow. computer operations with the Com so.
0: Wow. All right. So, so let me ask you this then Uh, with your military experience in cryptography and working on the computer side of things, how did, how did that kind of push you into this field professionally once you got out of the military? Did you, did you feel like those experiences really helped you once you kind of made that, that play full time to get into the industry?
1: I think it did. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, one of the things that, you know, I, I also played, once I got out of the military, I also was fairly active in, some, I wouldn't say the, uh, the nicer side of the world, you know, when it comes to computing, because, you know, I, I, I was more curious how things worked and mm-hmm. there was a lot of things. So, you know, uh, I, I understood enough to know how to circumvent things that I probably shouldn't have, but, sure, you sure. know, just like in high school, I was able to get into systems without, you know, Mm -hmm. just like the attendance systems and the grade systems in high school, I was able to get into that stuff without even really trying. So, (laughs) you know, that's where some of this came about and it's kind of like, uh, okay, you know, is this really should, is it really should, is this how it should be? Mm -hmm. And you know, the answer is no, it shouldn't have been, but you know, was I too smart for my own good? I don't know.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, Hey, it's really interesting. You bring that up because so you were on that side of, of the, uh, proverbial cybersecurity fence, if you will. And, and now here you are, you're, you're, you know, chief technological officer for Argentum IT. You know, you are working to help bolster your clients' cybersecurity efforts to keep people like you, uh, you know, but right, exactly. So talk to me about, you know, your business, talk to me about Argentum IT, what you guys do on a regular basis, the types of clients you serve. Tell me about your company. The clients,
1: I mean, we serve clients anywhere from four to five users, all the way up to, you know, one of our larger clients is close to, you know, four or 500 users. And you know, the reality of it is, is no client is too big or too small to have an incident with cybersecurity, whether it's ransomware, phishing, whatever the case, Mm -hmm. and you know, it usually comes down to the individuals within the organizations not having the proper training. Sure. And or the tools being in place to monitor and keep ensure that things aren't running, running amuck behind the scenes, which, you know, unfortunately, by the time a cyber breach or security incident is, re, you know, actually revealed, it's, you know, the individuals potentially have been in your network for, you know, six months or more, it's just yeah. like, you know, larger organizations have seen. So, you mm-hmm. know, they have access to a lot of data and whether you like to believe it or not, that data is the lifeblood of your organization. So right. you need to protect it. So.
0: Yeah. So, so Dean, in your conversations with clients, you know, talk, how, how important is cybersecurity to you and your clients when you are, you know, walking them through the services that you guys provide and how you're going to help their system, you know, what's, what are the kind of conversations that you're having with your clients in regards to how important cybersecurity really is, especially nowadays, but even maybe five, 10 years ago, what were those conversations like? You know,
1: Five, 10 years ago, there there were no conversations. Mm -hmm. You know, it was assumed, hey, I've got antivirus, I'm covered. And the reality of it is Mm -hmm. that whole uh, space where in the last, you know, five years, it's got exponentially worse. In the last year and a half, you Mm -hmm. know, since the whole COVID-19 pandemic started, things have really ramped up. You know, you've had several hacking groups, you know, deploy out ransomware to uh, Colonial Pipeline, for instance, um, banks. There's a lot of cybersecurity stuff that goes on in the industry that most times people don't are not even aware of because it's not even big enough to make the news anymore. You know, that's the sad part. I mean, if, you know, a bank gets hit with a ransomware attack, is it a big enough news that it becomes published and the rea- and the answer to that is no it's not and mm-hmm. over the last you know 6 months i know of at least two or three individual banks that have had issues with data loss and being breached so yeah you know that's people's livelihoods
0: right right so speaking of that being people's livelihoods you mentioned earlier that it's the lifeblood of a given company you know their data that is Walk me right. through how uh, you know this is one of the biggest things that you wanted to. I know that in our conversations prior to you coming onto the show that you wanted to make sure you got across to our audience was that you it's you can no longer afford to not right. allocate dollars and cents towards cybersecurity. It's not a it's not a when it's a it's a now issue and it's a must. Right. Talk to me about that yeah. and, and what that looks like in your conversations yes. with clients.
1: I mean, one of the things that I've always, you know, kind of started bringing to the point, it's you can no longer be penny wise and pound foolish when it comes to cybersecurity. It's, you know, you can't cut corners on it and hope it's going to go away. Um, mm-hmm. You know, the reality of cybersecurity is it is something that you need in place today. Now, not after the fact, it doesn't matter whether you're, you know, two, three users of an organization, you know, a two or three user organization or 500, you- if you don't have that security in place where you know what's running on your systems what is allowed to run what's not allowed to run um you know you're potentially letting an individual into your network whenever you click on a link in an email you know or look at you know a link on a website because there's a lot of things you know that run in chrome and edge Internet Explorer is entirely unsafe because of the things that it allows to run. Microsoft is finally going to deprecate it and turn it off uh, in Windows 10, uh, I think within the next year. I don't remember the exact date on my, off the top of my head, but Internet Explorer really needs to go away sooner rather than later. But some of the solutions that we have, you know, the, secu- the security solutions we have out there help to mitigate a lot of that risk by not allowing things to run that are not quote, whitelisted or trusted. Sure. That's one.
0: Yeah, no, super, super interesting there. And Dean, when, you know, one of the big topics on this show that we love to discuss is, is this the, the, really the differentiating factor, what separates, you know, the MSPs that we have on this show from the rest of the pack. So what is it that you want our audience to really know about, you know, Argentum IT, what makes you guys unique and, and, uh, and what ultimately makes you so passionate every day to, to get out of bed and go work for your company?
1: Well, what makes us unique is we take security—I mean—seriously, it's a top priority for myself, and I, I will tell you know my staff day over day, you know, week over week. We actually have a weekly cybersecurity meeting um, that you know they're expected to attend to keep up on the latest trends uh, and you know the issues that are going on in the industry. So, I mean, cybersecurity, you know running an it organization yeah we can do it and most a lot of people can do it but to understand the security side of things and the implications of what you do along with what the users do and you know how that can impact the security of an organization not just mine but the our customers you know it is one of those things where you know it is a top priority because of that I mean, I don't personally want to be, get a call at six o'clock in the morning, like I have in the past saying, Hey, uh, there's something going on in my network. Um, you know, can you take a look at it? And I have to basically turn around and inform that, you know, individual on the other end of the phone that, um, Hey, it looks like your network is being encrypted. Um, your rants, it looks like you've got ransomware. Mm -hmm. So, and I've had to have that hard conversation. Sure.
0: Sure, and that's that's a difficult conversation to have, you know, especially when when you know you you are passionate about your clients. You want to obviously serve them in the best way, shape, or form you can. And uh, you know, one of the big big focuses, um, you know, that we have at the end of the day when it comes to cybersecurity is that element of education that you mentioned. So, talk to me a little bit about this element of education. You know, when you're going through a relationship with a client, uh, you know how how um, integrated do you get with trying to educate the clients, employees, management on you know best practices and things like uh, you know to try and mitigate their their level of risk of cybersecurity across the uh, or or really cyber threats across the board. Talk to me about this idea of education that you guys do.
1: Well, one of the things that we've recently introduced is a program that runs a weekly micro training uh, once a week. It's you know it's a four or five minute you know tops video um, that. And you know, basically they have to watch it in order to answer the questions right. Um, there's four questions. It's not a, you know, it's a pass or fail. If they don't pass, they have to go back and rewatch it and mm-hmm. retake the test. Um, that is uh, one of the big things that I've done recently, you know, that has become a uh what I want to call a staple in the security side of thing from a training aspect, because it does, you know, force the user uh, to basically, you know, stay up to speed, look at things and, you know, become, you know, somewhat, I, I don't want to say security experts, but you know, it helps educate them on what to look for. You know, we've mm-hmm. also got a plug in to uh, our email you know outlook that also helps to identify, you know, potential phishing emails without them necessarily having to send it into us every time, Mm -hmm. to take a look at it but you know it it helps because it you know that in the process of them looking at potentially a phishing email um you know it helps point out the things in that email that are also uh indicators uh, which also you know can help them spot the stuff themselves earlier on so they don't have to click on it and go through the process of you know sending it in for us to look at.
0: I love that. Yeah, yeah. No, that's it sounds like a very beneficial system overall. And and one thing that it seems like we always come back to on this show is that while yes, employees, of course, they're one of a company's greatest assets, but they can really also be a company's biggest risk when it comes to cybersecurity. Most, yeah,
1: most definitely be. They're one of the biggest risks.
0: <laughs> yeah. So so education and efforts, obviously super, super important. Uh, so I love to hear that you guys have, you know, a, a testing system really in place, uh, you know, on a regular basis to make sure that you're constantly. Constantly, you know, uh, really bolstering those educational efforts among your clients as employees. But uh, kind of shifting gears a little bit here, Dean. One thing that you guys bring that's a little unique to the table, uh, you know, with Argentum IT is is that you guys have a, a, a focus kind of on around HIPAA uh, and this idea of being compliant when it comes to cyber security. Talk to me about this. You know, what is your dealings with with being compliant? What's your, your outlook on, on you know? becoming compliant in this space, you know, where do you see uh, compliance really going as well down the road?
1: Well, we'll, we'll start off where compliance is going. Sure. Um, compliance is, you know, in general, I mean, you've had HIPAA around for years now you've had FINRA, you've had, you know, all you have had PCI certifications and compliance and there is a multitude of compliance, you know, you got SOX. you've got, you know, I, I don't, I, you know, I could probably go on forever with all the different (laughs) compliances, but what I see coming, you know, which is probably a good thing for the MSP industry uh, is the compliance and aspect of verification of the MSP industry. Uh, There's a lot of MSPs out there that one probably couldn't verify that they truly understand compliance, let alone, you know, be able to You know, provide it. Mm -hmm. So that's where one of the things that we kind of specialize. I mean, you know, in the compliance side of things, security is a you know one of the major things. But there's a lot more things that typically deal with compliance. HIPAA. You know, the data has to be encrypted when Mm -hmm. it's at rest. You know, there are organizations out there that say, well, you know, I've got all these PDFs with you know potential uh, client information in it with Social Security numbers and everything else it's wide open on the internal network. And that is not a compliant system. I mean, if that data has to be encrypted, it has to be logged, you know, you have to know who's had access to that data. And there's a lot of smaller businesses out there that, you know, I've found from a medical benefits as well as, you know, uh, financial, you know, from retirement plans and stuff, a lot of the smaller organizations, they turn a blind eye to it. They say they're compliant. The reality of it is, is that they're not, and if they were to ever be breached, there's a lot of liability to the organization and the people that run the organization, um, you know, and most of those organization, organizations will be out of business in, you know, less than six months, typically. Sure, sure. That's that's the sad part, you know. It doesn't take that much to get compliant. It just, you know, mm-hmm. they well, just need be- to take it seriously.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That being said, you know, given what's at stake really with the data and, and that can be harvested from cybersecurity threats, do you see, you know, more rigid levels of compliance entering the picture as we move forward, technologically speaking?
1: I I do. And that's where, mm-hmm. you know, I think the MSP industry, you know, is going to be forced into a situation where, you know, technically we are not liable if an organization is, you know, not compliant. But, you know, I think there's going to ultimately be a requirement for us to probably report those industries and, you know, if they fail to want to, you know, fail to comply, which, you know, I can't say that's for sure. But, you know, based on what I'm seeing, the legislations and everything else are going on, you know, Mm -hmm. in the U.S. right now, my guess is, is you're going to see, you know, basically MSPs being kind of having to be the police you know, of the IT industry for the smaller businesses, which is going to put us in some of an awkward position because, you know, a lot of small MSPs are typically, you know, a million, you know, one and a half, you know, $1 million in revenue, and they're not large businesses either. So, you know, Mm -hmm. that puts a lot of burden on the MSP industry, but ultimately, it's, it's going to happen, I think.
0: Yeah well and at the end of the day I think the argument can also be made is hey it's going to lead to a safer system all around right. um, you yep. know which obviously that's the end goal that's what everybody wants um, it just might take a you know a little bit more to get there um, but Hey, I'll tell you what, one thing that I do really want to make sure I ask you, cause it's a really important point And we, we go through it with just about everybody that comes on the show is, is walk me through what that, uh, you know, what's your onboarding process looks like. Maybe a new client's coming in the door for that first meeting, uh, to really just kind of get an idea as to all of the work that you're going to be doing with them and to have you kind of provide an overview on what you're going to do for them. Talk me through what that that onboarding session, that discovery process, that meeting, what does that look like from the new client's perspective?
1: The discovery process is kind of straightforward. Um, you know, one, we take a look at the current equipment, the current environment, the PCs, you know, servers, if they're using, still using servers on site, you know, if they're cloud-based, you know, typically we look at all the applications just to, you know, we don't do a deep dive into the applications, but we like to know what's going on in an environment before we, you know, commit to doing anything much like, you know, a doctor, you know, examining a patient for the first time, you know, sure. Hey, we're, g- we're going to run tests. We're going to do, you know, diagnostics. We're going to, you know, do an audit of all of your systems to understand what it is that, you know, that's potentially wrong with our patient. Um, mm-hmm. You know, i would like to say that you know you can we walk in and typically don't find anything wrong but you know unfortunately that's not the case you know we are there to you know understand and hope you know drive you drive the customer to a better place i mean ultimately it may take six months to a year and that's typically why we ask for a three-year agreement because we know the first six months to a year there's a lot of things that potentially are going to have to change get up speed you know Mm -hmm. i mean from that aspect you know we don't We try to, you know, make it a tolerable, um, but yet, you know, understood process that, you know, hey, we're here to secure the environment, we're here to get you up to speed. And ultimately, that results in fewer problems and more increased productivity for, you know, not only, you know, the organization, but the end users as well. So.
0: Sure, sure. I love that. Well, th- yeah, thanks for kind of peeling back the curtain, giving us a little insight on that discovery process, because, of course, it's a very important moment, you know, in that relationship with with a new client. So, uh, Dean, let me ask you this, then. If if somebody out in the audience are listening, watching our conversation today, they're interested in your your work in cybersecurity, becoming compliant. Maybe they're even based out of the Louisville area or the greater Kentucky area for that. Um, and they're interested in kind of just continuing this conversation with you. Maybe they're interested interested in jumping aboard, uh, like a free consultation with your company. How yeah. should somebody go about doing that?
1: Um, you know, easiest thing to do would be give us a call, you know, our phone numbers, you know, basically the 502-473-9330. Um, that goes uh, directly to the sales. That's myself and my admin assistant. Plus I've got an answering service If for whatever reason we're tied up or you can go under the website, you know, our and forward slash free dash consult. Um, and you know sign up there and you know we'll put you in line to run an audit and kind of you know see you know basically give you uh, the pulse of you know your, your organization so an overall health grade so to speak
0: Sure, sure. Uh, Dean, anything else? Uh, you know, maybe that I didn't ask you before we bring our conversation to a head today in regards to your work in cybersecurity, you know, the the really the measures that you take with your clients to reinforce and bolster their systems. Is there anything I didn't ask you that you wanted to maybe share with us today?
1: Well, I mean, one of the things that we have a very, um, you know, I, I don't want to say, you know, very thorough process on. Is, you know, we, you know, a lot of organizations look at EDR, which is, you know, endpoint detection and response. Um, You know, we try to, you know, cut it off before it even starts to spread. You know, and that's one of the reasons we believe in a zero trust policy. We want to know, like I said earlier, kind of, you know, I believe in zero trust. And that basically does not allow stuff to run that, you know, we're not aware of. Sure. So if if you click on that link in your email, if you click on, you know, a download and try to run it, you know, it's going to require, you know, if it's something that's known, it's going to run, it's going to, you know, it's going to be no big deal. Mm -hmm. But if it's a piece of malware, you know, like an incident I had previously with one of my customers, you know, they were on their corporate network, they opened up their personal email, and, you know, they, they were moving. So they were expecting an email from their moving company. But what happened when they opened up that email? They clicked on the link, and 12 hours later, the entire uh, corporate network was encrypted with ransomware. So, man, that's one of the reasons we believe in zero trust. So,
0: Gotcha, and, and quite a principle to kind of bring into the forefront of your your agreements. You know, your work with various clients, and I'm sure on the back end, you know, they're thanking you for for securing their systems. But <laughs> hey, Dean Laws, we so appreciate you being with us today, kind of peeling back the curtain, sharing you know you and your work with Argentum IT and the you know the clients that you guys serve throughout the Louisville, Kentucky area. And look, Dean, we appreciate you being here. Appreciate you kind of sharing your wisdom on this uh, you know on this this topic. And uh, hey, hopefully we'll have you back on for another episode down the road. Okay. I appreciate it. Thank you for the chime, Ron. Of course, of course. And hey, look, we want to take one final moment here to thank you, our audience, of course, for jumping aboard the episode with us today. As always, if you like the content, you enjoy the conversation today, please like the show, comment on it, subscribe to, on whichever platform you're checking us out on. And then of course, share this information with friends, family, business owners that you think would benefit from these conversations. You know, Dean Laws and his team at Argentum boy are they're doing some great stuff in the cybersecurity and compliance space, you know, really serving their clients well, bolstering their security systems as a whole to try and mitigate those risks that can come down the road. There's a lot of great conversations that Dean has with his clients uh, to really ultimately bring their systems to a better a better day and age. Uh, so that being said, for Mr. Dean Laws, I'm Ryan Ruff saying so long. And we thank you guys so much for jumping aboard today on MSP Success Spotlight.